0: Fears about the Omicron variant are mounting all across Western countries, but are they deserved? Let's go find out. The following is the audio version of a video released at PeakProsperity.com. Visit PeakProsperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Hello everyone, Dr. Chris Martinson here back with you again. Thank you to all of the followers of this channel. You're just the reason that I do all of this, and I love that you share this, and I love that you find this useful. So thank you for tuning in again. Today, we're gonna be talking about the Omicron variant. There's a tale of two narratives going on here. On the one hand, it's either the worst thing ever to come along because it's far more transmissive than the Delta variant, or it's the best thing to ever come along because it's far more transmissive than Delta, but milder, which is true. Let's go find out. All right, we're gonna start here and uh great news so far and i'm going to put a so far make sure i get my drawing tool out here so far let's highlight that because here's what we're seeing we're seeing here now in three different places in africa namibia south africa and also zimbabwe new cases per million so normalized here on this axis and you can see this is the omicron variant look at these spikes right here those certainly look bad those are incredibly aggressive spikes no question about it. The Omicron variant so far is very transmissive. But what are we not seeing? These are deaths down here per million, absolutely flatlined. So it is very transmissive, but it's not sending people, well, to the morgue. And if that's the case, and it continues, this could mean the end of COVID. Why? Because we'll have something that's highly transmissive, but isn't leading to bad health outcomes. So it won't clog the hospitals, isn't killing people, maybe isn't harming people. This is what the data says so far, early data. So let's keep going. However, that's not what we're seeing in the news right now. We're seeing a very aggressive set of official responses coming out of some countries to the Omicron variant, and here are a few of those. U.K. scientists urge more restrictions to fight the Omicron surge. So U.K. scientists very worried about this. And they say here, uh, say optimistic scenario indicates Omicron effect in early 2022 may be reduced, but just with control measures such as working from home. So there's nothing here in these articles that talks about how it might be milder which is actually one of the causes for optimism here. They're saying the optimistic scenario is that we can control this with additional lockdown measures carrying on COVID News Live and Sky News. Boris Johnson refuses to rule out more restrictions before Christmas as Omicron spreads at rate never seen before for COVID. Uh, Obviously, we've seen things like uh, very highly transmissive viruses spread at rates like this even higher But for for the SARS-CoV-2 virus, it's indeed spreading at a very, very fast rate. But the implication here is that we may need more restrictions because it's spreading. Now, let's back up again and remind ourselves that the point of this all is to prevent people from dying or going to the hospital or suffering severe consequences, right? That, That, again, let's just remind ourselves that there is a case here where there's something that's actually exceedingly positive, which is where... A mild variant of SARS-CoV-2 that also confers infectious immunity downstream comes along that is mild. It doesn't kill people, doesn't harm them, doesn't create long COVID, doesn't send them to the hospital or any of that. If such a variant came along, that would actually be a positive. And actually, you'd want that to spread really quickly because the faster it spread, the faster the lockdowns, the restrictions, the economic harms can actually cease as well as the impact on the children. So carrying on. Uh, New York Times reporting here with Johnson, Boris Johnson, that is under fire. Britain introduces tougher covid measures. People in England will be urged to work from home and have to show proof of vaccination. Critics say prime minister is trying to deflect attention from a growing outcry over reports. His staff flouted covid rules. What playing politics? Say it isn't so, Boris. Uh, If you're not familiar with that, what happened was uh, it got leaked out that last Christmas, while The rest of the uk was being pushed into mandatory lockdowns that didn't really apply to the politicians who were holding maskless office parties and joking about the restrictions and things like that so if you didn't know about that that's the the angle that's being talked about here in yellow quote under the government's new guidance known as plan b people in england will be urged to work from home if possible starting next week They will also be required to wear face masks in cinemas, theaters, and most other indoor places and to show a pass proving their vaccinated status to be allowed into nightclubs and large venues like sports stadiums. Boris also said that negative tests would be included on vaccine passes as an alternative to proof of vaccination in uh, the darker color down below, uh, sort of a pinkish color to me. It's become increasingly clear that Omicron is growing much faster than the previous Delta variant and is spreading rapidly throughout the world. The prime minister said, we need to go further and faster still, end quote. So you can clearly get the tone here. The tone is that um, this is a bad variant. We need to get out in front of it. It's spreading very rapidly, and there's no actual data pressed in here, right? There's no data about whether it is or is not worthy of this level of concern. The implication is clear, though. It's coronavirus. It's SARS-CoV-2. It's a variant, and it's spreading fast. Therefore, it's a bad thing. Um, So that much is laid clear. So uh, this is all leading to, remember, uh, if you haven't seen it, you should probably watch this interview with Matthias Desmet. He is uh, the Belgian psychologist who talks about how mass formation events or mass psychosis events get started. And let's listen in very quickly just to what those conditions are. Conditions one and conditions two, please. Matthias, what are they?
1: The first and most crucial condition is that there should be a lot of people who experience a lack of social bond. So that's the most important thing. Then a second one is also important. A lack of meaning making. And the third condition is very important as well, is that there have to be high levels of free-floating anxiety in the population, free-floating anxiety and free-floating uh, uh, psychological discontent. The fourth condition is uh, that there has to be a lot of free-floating aggression and frustration.
0: Yes, so a lot of free-floating aggression and frustration, number one. And two, though, a lack of, of social bonds and lack of meaning-making or sense-making. So those are the first two conditions. So how would you create a condition where there's a lack of social bonds well you prevent people from gathering or getting together especially with family around holidays Uh, a lack of sense making would be that you would require people to do things that are proven to not make a difference and but make it very important that they follow those so carrying on i think we're seeing a lot of that here's this uh, i i rebranded it the oh my god variant because because this really sounds awful The, the press has really gone out of its way to only cover the possible negative sides of this. I think I can say that uh, pretty conclusively at this point. Here's an article from December 10th, and today is the 14th. Uh, Quote, and this is in Fortune magazine, quote, The Omicron COVID-19 variant is barreling through the British public as the UK government rushes out new restrictions and a booster jab push, risking a public backlash as the holiday season arrives. Cases of the new variant have doubled every three days in the U.K., although experts warn that this figure likely underestimates how many of the 50,000 people in the U.K. who tested positive for COVID Thursday have the new strain. Health, Britain's health agency, security agency warned that if the growth rate continues on the same trajectory, we expect to see at least 50% of COVID-19 cases to be caused by the Omicron variant in the next two to four weeks. Suggests that Omicron is displaying a significant growth advantage over Delta. That sounds positively awful. Uh, The question is, where's the data in there? We have some data that says it's spreading much more rapidly, but not a lot of data around that even. But we have no data around the rest of it, which is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Um, And that's always the case we should be asking. So let's go there and see what the data actually tells us. It's telling us this. First, uh, up here from Louis Rousseau, we find, absolutely, in South Africa, cases looked like this after including the 37,000 cases reported yesterday. These are allocated by specimen, receive date below, and I apply a moving average to smooth out the weekly patterns. This is on a log chart down here, so anything that's on a log chart that's a straight line is growing exponentially exponentially here's the date that they came in we see two different rates in here first a very very explosive rate here in the pink line and then still linear so it's growing exponentially but at a lower rate there so if we were going to graph this in a linear chart it would start to it would really be nosing over a bit but this is a very explosive growth and that's what we see so absolutely omicron spreads very rapidly at least in south africa However, in the Gauteng province, when they started comparing the early projected deaths for Delta as compared to the Omicron, what they found out running these models out and, hey, the models could be wrong. But here's what they say early on when you compare these two trajectories, we find that the projected deaths for Omicron are projected out at only four percent of what came out from the Delta wave. That's what early projections say. So. On a mortality basis, that's pretty good news when you have a 96% reduction in deaths. There's some confounding things in this data, of course. Hey, some of the people who didn't survive the first wave were among the weakest. Maybe they wouldn't have survived this Omicron wave if, if they were still alive. So we have something called survivor bias tucked into that. And as well, it's possible that people who have already had COVID in an earlier form are therefore much more immunized and as well there's the possibility of vaccination so there's some confounders in here but the early returns for south africa suggest 96 percent lower rate of death and here's what some of that data actually looks like i showed you this in the earlier first slide where we started we see the cases up but deaths are really flat down here so let's dig into that a little deeper this is a great decoupling here are the three prior waves of covid that came through south africa you have the original alpha wave down here we've got the mm, a lot of beta here this is the delta wave and so what you see here are cases in the blue line we have admissions in this tannish line and then we have deaths here in this reddish line what we saw early on was we actually saw cases um and deaths rising deaths and admissions rising before the case counts caught up and that's because hey we didn't know how to test people are just showing up at the hospital often you would see the admission first the death second and then testing caught up with that after the fact so let me back a few of these up so we can see those colors more easily same thing with the second wave first thing out of the gate was admissions first and then we saw deaths and cases but tracking very very closely would start to catch up A Delta wave, same thing. First thing out of the gate is admissions to the hospital and then both deaths and case counts right on its heels. So that's been the behavior of the prior three waves. What are we seeing this time? Exploding case counts right out of the gate. Maybe that's better testing, um, more urgent testing. But for now, the admissions to the hospitals are a fraction of what they were in other places at times when they were Pretty much coincident with the cases and deaths lagging way behind here. So this is the great decoupling. Um, This is very good news because what this is suggesting here early on, and this could change, but for now, what we're seeing in this data says that Omicron spreads very, very rapidly, leads to a marked reduction in hospitalizations as compared to any of the prior waves, again, in South Africa. And we know that we have early reports from South Africa of hospital directors saying, hey, people are coming to the hospital for Omicron, but it's a lot milder. They're spending less time. They need less oxygen. They're progressing to less serious cases of that. And of course, we're starting to see that in the death data, which is now we're far enough along in this. We're a little over a month into the explosion of the cases in South Africa. Uh, Normally three week lag before you start seeing deaths really turn up. They have turned up, but in a very, very modest way so far. So again, explanations for this behavior could be hey there's high prior infection recovery rates true Uh, serological testing says in south africa 70 80 percent of people seem to have already been exposed and had a response to uh, covid before so what does that mean hey if you've had a prior infection that is one of the best forms of protection you can have for serious consequences coming downstream for prior versions of covid is omicron that different we don't know but so far it looks like it's not that different and it may be that prior infection recovery is providing a fairly um, robust protection against omicron possible vaccinations i think that's less of an explanation here in south africa where i think they're they're boasting about a 20 30% vaccination rate could be helping certainly there's more vaccination in this wave than there were in the prior waves so it was zero here Um, very low here. And so there is a higher rate of vaccination here. Could be, uh, probably has some level of of explanation. And maybe we're just seeing earlier testing and awareness. So um, people are coming in and getting tested. All possibilities. But for now, what we're seeing is we can say whatever that combination of prior immunity plus low rates of vaccination in South Africa, also a younger country on average than other countries out there, that Omicron is so far... Not that serious. And so that's a really good thing to see. In fact, when we look at it this way, and uh, this comes to us courtesy of the inestimable COVID-19 crusher on Twitter. I don't know who this person or persons are, but um, man, they do a great job tracking all this stuff. At any rate, what we're seeing here is uh, they say here that in the UK, they flattened the curve with the vaccine. This is their story about that. Here we're seeing this massive flattening of the mortality curve in South Africa, and that's really just courtesy of Omicron. So what we're looking at here is the case fatality rate of COVID-19 going from a very, very ridiculously high, around 10% here at their peaks, at their worst, crushing all the way down and approaching zero now down here on the Omicron wave. So again, suggestive, very good news early on. That's what we would be seeing there. Um, as well, we're getting that as, uh from Denmark, probably too early to really say for sure. But we see here the cases really began to spike back here in, let's call that right around the 1st of December. Here we are just two weeks in. We're still not seeing anything showing up with current hospitalizations with Omicron as well. COVID-19 crusher. Here's their handle. One other way to look at this. This is a good way. One month into the South African Omicron surge, 629 hospitals reporting there are 420 COVID patients in ICU. That's less than one per hospital. So just data, make of that what you will, Um, but it's pretty suggestive at this stage. So that is the data we have right now of the place where we would be looking for our early signals to get a handle on, hey, how bad is this thing? It's been running for a month down there in South Africa. So far, this data says... Nice and mild. This is good news. So, how is good news received around the world? Well, it kind of depends. Remember, condition three, and this is, is uh, of creating a mass psychosis event, is creating high levels of free floating anxiety. So, let's check in. One of the largest boosters of free floating anxiety out there is this guy, Professor Peter Hotez. Um, and he's uh, out, of, out of Texas. Uh, this guy really, really loves uh, the free-floating anxiety, I would say. He says, why the silence from the White House and federal agencies on what's happening with Omicron in the U.K. and what it means for our U.S. health system in, say, four to six weeks so we can get prepared. Also, the timeline on declining, those are v- VNA as vaccine neutralizing antibodies, the timeline on declining VNA after boosters and when we become vulnerable again lots of likes. People are sharing this uh, pretty aggressively. So what he's saying here is this thing's coming. We better get ready. So maybe we ought to get more boosters. Again, it's this, it's this over-focus. Remember, in a mass psychosis event, according to Professor Desmond, what happens is it's like hypnosis, where you become overly focused on just one, one thing, one thing. You become focused on the hypnotist's voice. Here, all we're focused on is the vaccines and the boosters. Like, this is the only thing we can do to get ready for this thing that's coming along. But in fact, we know there's lots of things that could be done, right, in terms of getting our terrain boosted, early treatments aren't mentioned. It's just, there's this one thing. It's all about the vaccine. And I find that a little inappropriate at this stage because we have lots and lots of information to suggest that a multi-factor approach A multi combo drug approach on early treatment and also in the hospital that it's a multiple multiplicity of approaches that actually is sensible and has lots of data behind it and is the thing that we should be pursuing. When we have somebody like this, my opinion is he just continually is focusing on just there's just this one thing. There's this great fear, this great bad thing that's coming. There's only one thing we can do. And it's all about the vaccines and the boosters, which is starting to break down because, as we know, that story is really shredded at this point in time in terms of how durable the vaccines really are, how much protection they really offer. And by the way, Omicron looks like a a variant that's uh, almost specifically designed to evade um, a, a single point antibody approach. All right. There were some responses under this, and these are just the top three. I didn't go selecting; I just grabbed the first three because I want to. I want to talk about what I'm I'm seeing as, as people who seem to really be uh, looking to go down this path of saying this is. They like the fear. Like these are people. My opinion, not data, are really focusing around the fear. Here's Sergio coming in and saying, um, "Hey, Peter, you need to go on MSNBC, Maddow, and CNN." and sound the alarm so clearly saying there's a set of outlets that he thinks are are more appropriate for sounding the alarm families are under the impression they are safe to gather for the holidays try as i might i'm being told i'm worrying too much and that it's not a big deal i am begging you as well uh dr eric ding to speak up so sergio's just and by the way he's got blm and social distancing now in his in his uh self-described n- uh, moniker above Sergio's really asking and begging here please this is you know he's very alarmed by this thing and wants uh an authority of his to go on msnbc matto cnn and really sound the alarm um seven cat kentucky writes yes very worried about a family funeral scheduled the week after christmas terrified about that even though triple vaccinated, scared to death about it, seems like a possible super spreader. I understand the grieving collectively, but wouldn't virtual be much safer? And then D writes in, I'm beginning to think that we're in it. all. We're all in it for ourselves now. Hospitals are full in my area. If a neighbor hadn't told me, I wouldn't have known. No one in government is even talking about it. Um, Two possibilities there, D. Uh, your neighbor's wrong, or... Somebody's hiding this from you. So those are the two possibilities. What I'm really illustrating here, though, is that these are um, people who are all displaying something. They're displaying very high levels of free-floating anxiety. They don't know if their triple vaccination status is good enough. They're worried about super spreader events. They think people aren't alarmed enough. And all the data we have right now, and this is just data, and it could change, but all the data we have right now says there's really nothing to worry about. We don't have a lot of fear. In fact, this is a very hopeful sign, um, what we're facing right now. So let's listen in. Uh, This is a really cool little clip. So this is uh, LBC is out of the UK. They're grilling this woman who is a South African hospitalist. And they're asking, see if you can detect (laughs) where the interviewer falls in terms of uh, how they would love to be able to portray Omicron. The problem is we can't know that they're going to be mild. We hope, my God, we hope that they will be. And given that vast swathes of our population are double jabbed, uh, much more so than in South Africa, we hope that that's going to be one of, one of the ways in which they are mild. But we don't know. And so the most uh, cautionary thing to do is to make sure that hospitals are not overwhelmed if it's not mild. And so we put in these measures. Do you think that's a, that's a reasonable response?
1: Well, that's a reasonable response. But, uh, you know, after four weeks, this is now a fourth week, there's no reason why you can't trust us when we say to you it's mild disease. Um, we're not saying that there will be sick patients. That's not what we're saying. We say the majority is mild. There's no need to hospitalise any of these mild cases. Um, there's no really no need. And these patients um, recover within about five days, whether you are a child, whether you are 80 years of age, whether you've been vaccinated, whether you have not been vaccinated, whether you have suffer from mild diseases, other comorbidities, this is what we see. This is the real life. This is the real experience that we are having. And if we have seen that there are really severe diseases and cytokine storms, everyone was afraid that that might happen two to three weeks later. Well, in primary health we passed that three weeks and we haven't seen it. Um, Again, highly contagious. Yes, you can have a million cases. You can have even more than that, because it's highly contagious. But the severity of the disease is not Delta. It is mild disease. Um, And yes, you will get people that's going to be sick, but it will be the minority. Our ICUs at this stage is not full. Our hospitals, public sector hospitals, one or two of the hospitals say that they are um, seeing an increase but they don't have a lot of beds. Uh, Primarily, COVID-19, as we have seen with Delta, um, after, as I know I've said this before, between day five and day seven, we had to see the patients back because the cytokine storm normally happens about from day 10, Mm. and we had to prepare for that. That is not happening.
0: Just finally, what uh, restrictions have been brought in or are currently in place in South Africa that might mitigate the spread of Omnicron or Delta or any other form of COVID?
1: We didn't really, um, impl- we're still at lockdown level one. We're still at what does that the- mean? Nothing, uh, well, it still means that uh, in public spaces, if you want to go to big outdoors, um, uh, matches rugby or so- something like that, 2,500 indoors, I think it's 250, I can't even remember what is indoors. And then mask, the, the, the normal mask wearing. And then the curfew from between 11 o'clock at night till 5 o'clock in the next day. That's still, that's, nothing happened. And you see our numbers are in Gauteng coming down. The curve is also in Gauteng, not so steep anymore, had however spread to the other provinces. But again, it's mild disease. You can speak with our specialists in the hospitals the private sector, mm. public sector. You will hear the same story.
0: Well, that's actually the data from somebody on the ground where Omicron has been spreading for a month. Um, unequivocally, it's mild. And this is really good news. And you would think that this would be something that would be seized upon and talked about. And, and we would want to understand that very, very quickly because that's really good news. So I mentioned this a while ago. It was actually um, after it was in the context of uh, this is from August 2021 when I was interviewing uh, Geert van den Bosch and he talked about this immunized. uh, there, There could be escape variants and he said back then, hey, listen, we may yet see a worse variant come along or it may be a kinder, gentler variant. I think that's what's just happened here. It's pretty astonishing if that's the case. And so that's really good news. Now, the problem we're going to be facing is that there are some people who don't won't receive that as good news they're going to be receiving that as bad news because they're kind of you know committed to this being um, a, a very terrible thing they've wrapped up a lot of their identity around covid being a really awful thing we're starting to find out that there are lots of early treatments that there's a lot of complexity to this there's some nuance to this and we're starting to ask i think more reasonable questions as a culture which is costs benefits risks costs how do we balance these things out and so we're starting to emerge out of this uh, mass psychosis event at least some people are now we got to talk about this some more i'm going to have part two of this for my members over at peak prosperity we will be talking about this mass psychosis because it is definitely proceeding a pace in a number of countries so we're going to talk about all the countries where this is happening uh in the construct of the four conditions of mass formation that matthias desmond laid out which is weak social bonds loss of sense making free floating anxiety and then that anger and fear that's the part that's starting to come out in the social unrest we're seeing and of course the social unrest i think is going to go on afterburners because we have to talk about this economic storm that's on the way including today just released u.s producer price inflation jumped to 9.6 in november largest year over year increase on record Federal Reserve is really caught in a bind. This is going to have enormous policy implications and human implications. So we're going to be talking about that. So come on by if you like this kind of conversation. Hey, come on by. We'd love to have you there. So conclusions for episode 39. What do we got so far? Underlined so far. This could change, but we're going to keep tracking the data because if the data changes, we'll change. So far, Omicron is looking like a very positive development. It has a high rate of transmission and a low rate of hospitalization in death so far. This is great news so far. Here's what we don't know. We don't know if Omicron has any long-term effects, like long COVID. We don't know that yet, too early to say. We don't know if vaccinated or unvaccinated have a better or worse encounter with this thing. We don't know. Um, We did get a glimmer from the woman from South Africa said, kind of looks like it's mild in both vaccinated or unvaccinated, and it spreads kind of equally within both groups. So um, so I think we, we could we could say we, I think we've got an early sign that there isn't a difference between those two groups yet. Um, And what we also don't know thirdly is if Omicron infection then confers lasting immunity like prior infection with the earlier variants variants too early to say. But we have our hopes because, um, you know, a lot of the features in The Omicron on its outer surface of the viron particle haven't changed. The nucleocapsid protein doesn't have a lot of uh, mutations in it. The spike protein has a lot of mutations, but the E protein doesn't have a lot of mutations. Okay. However, third bullet point down. The response to Omicron by various governments, mostly principally in the West, Canada, looking at you, Germany, looking at you, UK, yep, Australia, US. uh, It's it's been comically overblown at this point. It's not data-based. Uh, the data simply does not support the stricter measures, assuming the point of all this wasn't to prevent cases. It's to prevent the hospitals from being overwhelmed and to prevent a mass casualty event like that. Of course, that would be the point of a lockdown, because with something as infectious as Omicron, guess what, people? Everybody's going to get exposed to it. We're all going to have our run in with it. The point of flattening the curve is to just spread that out so that you don't overwhelm your hospitals with a big Uh, crushing wave like that. Otherwise, with something this infectious that seems to be infecting both vaccinated and unvaccinated equally, all you could do with a vaccine where you boost your immunity up above a certain level is push that up high enough, long enough that you just delay the date that uh, that breaks down on you and you get it anyway. So that's how I'm seeing it right now. And by the way, the media has been fanning the fear flames too. Shame on them. No good reasons for that whatsoever. The media really has an important role that they are again, failing to fulfill, which is why I'm here with you today, because we just got to look at the data. So far, the data says Omicron is good news. By the way, time to break out our compassion. I really do think we should have a march of dimes so that we can help those who afflicted with data hesitancy. I'm talking to you, media. I'm talking to you, all the people who are addicted to this uh, uh, Omicron being bad. Data hesitancy, real. Th- it's a very serious condition. It can lead to poor decisions in living with an unhealthy level of unnecessary anxiety. So as we wrap up here today, uh, just I want to invite you again to come on over Peak Prosperity. I do believe that even as we're winding down on COVID, I hope we're winding down on COVID, I hope that we don't see uh, the governments really triple and quadruple down on their fear and control measures because they kind of got addicted to that, politically speaking, or whatever their reasons and rationales are. It's unfortunate because the damage is real to the families, to the kids, to our futures, to the economy. All of these things are are very much in peril at this point in time. So this is why it's critically important that you share this video, that you talk with your friends and neighbors about things that you simply say, I don't agree with this stuff. uh, If you don't right around how we have to restrictions and shut ourselves down and really hamstring ourselves because If Omicron is as advertised, if it has a 96% reduced mortality rate, this is actually puts it below a seasonal flu in terms of its overall actual health impact on us as individuals. And then collectively, we have to understand that all-cause mortality is now higher this year than last year, which means the collective sum total of our policies at many nation-state levels is collectively doing more harm. Than COVID itself. And that's something we have to talk about. And I will be talking about that too in part two. More than ever, we need to come together and we need to resist uh the, the madness, as it were, so that we can get ourselves out of this and get back to the serious business of all the things we should attend to here, economically, with energy policies, environmentally, all sorts of things need doing. Once we can get ourselves out of the COVID narrative, which is very narrow. And so it's time to break that spell. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for listening. See you next time.